Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Wednesday, August 31st, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hello all, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Brett Goodman. And I'm Tara Bolger. We come to you three times a week to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today we are in the prophet, well it's the book of Jeremiah, written by the prophet Jeremiah. (laughs) I would like to see us inside (laughs) Jeremiah. Jeremiah. (laughs) Before we get to our scripture, let us center our hearts with a prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for our many blessings, and we pray for your spirit and healing in those broken places of our lives. And we pray, too, that we would hear you speak to us this day, that we would see something in a new way or be reminded of your great truths of love and grace, and that we would go forth to be your people in the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our scripture comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Listen for a word from God. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Brett, what do you know about Jeremiah? What's this difficult thing that God is asking him to do? Um, And does God give him the help he needs? So Jeremiah is uh, in one of the toughest moments sociopolitically for Israel that he comes into. At this point, um, Assyria has come through, wiped out the northern kingdom. Uh, It no longer exists. They've been carried off into exile. And Judah, the capital of the southern kingdom, where Jeremiah is, is is, is a vassal state, essentially, to Assyria. That's how they were able to survive. And during Jeremiah's lifetime, he's going to go through about six kings... Uh, Assyria is going to be swallowed up by Babylon, and then Babylon is going to come to take over Judah. So it is uh, sociopolitically a pretty uh, unstable, terrible time. The one kind of benefit for Jeremiah is he, when he comes into his ministry, is kind of the like singular good king in about 800 years, and that is King Josiah, uh, who will tragically die young, uh, and Jeremiah will have to take over. But Je- Josiah is beginning kind of these reforms to come back to God. Uh, and that's upsetting a lot of people. And Jeremiah is willing to prophesy. And by prophesy, I mean speak God's truth about the economic uh, immorality that's happening in the city, the um, religious infidelity that's happening in the city. And Jeremiah speaks it 
to people of all social classes. He speaks it to the lowest class. He speaks it to the highest class. And essentially, Jeremiah makes a lot of enemies. Um, he is he is willing to speak God's truth to a lot of people. And so God has put these words in him to uh, go out and to speak. And Jeremiah is rightly so terrified to do it. Um, it's it's as I said, not just an unstable time uh, for him personally, but an unstable time in the kingdom, which, as we know, puts society on edge. And yet, and yet, God has promised to be with Jeremiah in all of that. Uh, and as we read through the book of Jeremiah, as you look at his preaching career, there will be ups and there will be downs. There will be moments where he feels like no one's listening to him, and there will be great moments of God's revelation uh, that changes people. Same, Jeremiah, same. <laughs> Heavy on the first part, but you know. Uh, and, and, and so uh, I don't think, you know, this beautiful story of Jeremiah's call is not to limit to just him. Um, I think this is uh, an example of God's call that has been given to all of us uh, that when we are worried or terrified about what to say, how to love, how to speak truth, how to go out and be in the world as a follower of Christ uh, in an incredibly complex world, uh, God promises to be with us um, and, and to give us the words to speak. I love this call story right at the beginning of Jeremiah <clears throat> and I love it because we have this idea that um, God knows God's creation in the womb and has a calling for them. And for Jeremiah, it's to be a prophet. Um, I believe that God's call on each of our lives is to be the beloved community, the church, and to grow into the likeness of Christ mm -hmm. over the course of our lives until the kingdom um, breaks in. Um, and so he calls Jeremiah for this task. And Jeremiah says, I don't know how to speak, and I'm just a boy. And I think what I love is that the Lord promises that he will give him the words and then he will deliver him. Um, and I do think that's a promise that can be extended to God's people today, that when we speak the truth in love, really, right, that we also are filled with that mm -hmm. love of Christ that Paul tries to outline for us. Mm -hmm. um, that we can come up with the words to say the difficult thing and that Oftentimes, those words can set off events into motion that we couldn't have anticipated, but still yet, God will be there. Um, and deliverance doesn't mean safety. Deliverance doesn't necessarily mean that things go the way you want, but it does mean that God does not set us on a path of calling and then abandon us. Mm. Um, and for someone who uh, whose vocation is tied to my calling, um, I take a lot of comfort in that, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I have to remind myself when I'm feeling like, what are you doing, Tara? This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to remind myself that I, I did have a call from God, and God doesn't abandon me in the middle of it. Um, so I, I don't know. I just I love everything about this. And it's really also... You know, for all that 1 Corinthians 13 has said at a wedding, this often ends up on like t-shirts or like plaques you find at Hobby Lobby. Before I formed you in the warm, warm womb, I knew you. Um, 
the whole story of the Jeremiah and all of Jeremiah's life is really about the community. Um, and so do I think that God formed this particular person, Jeremiah? Yes. Do I think he does it for everyone? Yes. But let's not pull this out of context. Let us remember that it's about God loving the beloved community so much and giving them what they need. What, I, what I've loved about how you've, as you've paired these two passages together is um, what I think that, you know, the, the Corinth church is in this uh, kind of turmoil um, and lots of people want to have a voice and assert kind of what they think is best or right. And so in this call to love, there's a call to humility within the beloved community as, as we lift Christ and Christ's love up to the highest point. Jeremiah here, you know, has this for I'm only a boy, uh, and it's and it's kind of the opposite. It's it's a it's a it's an insecurity. It's that I'm not I'm not good enough to go out and do what you've called me. And and here we have God lifting up and saying, No, you are enough, and I have called you to this. And so I think there are I think there are times when both as individuals within the beloved community and also the beloved community as a whole that we need to, in our love, look at humility and make sure that Christ is still the center. And also remember, sometimes we get so down on ourselves that we can't do anything and remember that we have a call. And so in that yeah. love be called up. Uh, and so I just, I think it's great. You did, you did a good job, Tara, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'll come back on Friday. All right. I hope our <laughs> listeners will too. Our quote today comes from Charles Swindoll, who says, God never calls his people to accomplish anything without promising to supply their every need. Mm. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. Please do come back on Friday where we'll look at the last part of 1 Corinthians 13. But let me offer these words of Paul Tillich to you as a benediction. You are accepted. You are accepted accepted by that which is greater than you, and the name of which you do not know. Do not ask for the name now. Perhaps you will find it later. Do not try to do anything now. Perhaps later you will do much. Do not seek for anything. Do not perform anything. Do not intend anything. Simply accept the fact that you are accepted. Amen. Amen.